0: All right, number seven here already, since this is a World Cup week, Friday being the short track, Sunday being the uh, long race. I'm only going to do one podcast this week because I got a feeling next week there'll be much more to talk about, so we're going to keep it uh, simple this week. I had a local race uh, on this past Sunday and had a couple interesting observations I'd like to talk about you may agree or disagree uh, lots of racing news. Um, even though the race hasn't happened yet, there's some good stuff behind the scenes. we got a hot and not so hot, and then some changing gears. Got a couple of new product things. One of them very annoying. One of them very interesting that I may actually look at purchasing. So let's get going. This is Short Travel Magazine. Racing news and views. All right. Well, Matthew Vanderpoel is still kind of on my mind after that horrible World Champs episode. Still can't believe he did that. But uh, what are you going to do? Um... Rumor has it, and I don't know, he's supposed to race this weekend in Andorra at a World Cup. I, He's on the start list, but I can't imagine, I don't know, he's going to do that. He's not at the La Vuelta, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on. He is definitely, at least he says himself, going to race a test event for the Olympics uh, next month, which should be interesting. I wonder how many... I would think most of them would probably want to do that. I remember last Olympics, Yolanda, I believe, won the test event and then went out and won the Olympics. So maybe there's something to that. Uh, I haven't seen any announcements yet about the course or anything as far as what that's... gonna Granted, it's a year-plus away, but uh, interesting. So I would love to see Vanderpool show up and give it another go. Just to kind of get the cobwebs and get that horrible world champs experience uh, out of his recent memory. He's obviously fit as anybody could be right now. So let's see what happens. Um, Who else is going to be there? Well, we know Pidcock's going to be there. And my bet is on him. Then, of course, you got all the usual uh, candidates. You got Nino's. If he's not. He's, he could easily be on the podium again. He, he's in the lead right now of the overall, so that dude is the, probably the most consistent, not only the greatest of all time, win win tallies, but, man, has he been on the podium more than... He's always up there. I don't think anything less than fifth or sixth would even would be mind-blowing to people, except for that dud he had a few a few races ago after he won his, his 34th. That was... That was the worst he'd ever had. I figured it was 24th or something. I think that I think he just chilled out on that one. That was pretty obvious. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what happens. Um, on somebody uh, somebody who hasn't been racing now for two years, Annika, Annika, Langvad of specialized uh, I see on her Instagram that she was training and she rides her gravel road bikes a lot. And she went and did a world gravel race. There's a UCI series that nobody's really talking about it very much. Um, they talk about the gravel worlds a little bit, but these regular UCI gravel races uh, kind of fallen under the radar. I follow them only because some some cross-country people do, do some of these races, so I find it remotely interesting. At least it's kind of off-road, sort of, kind of. But anyway, yeah, so she was doing some training. She's always, ever since she retired, she looks ridiculously fit. She's clearly riding, even though she works uh, full-time. So she went out there and got second place to the great Mariana Voss, which is pretty ridiculous to think that she just kind of cruised over there and with some training at her local uh, environment, got second place to Mariana Voss. And it wasn't by a lot, I pretty sure the video I saw Voss kind of took off at the end like the last you know last couple hundred feet and and one like in a sprint more or less so that's pretty cool I wonder uh, if she could have won a few more years uh, or if she could have transitioned to the marathon but either way that's pretty cool I like to see uh, these people who retire kinda of keep going at least locally Of course, uh, speaking of retiring, we got uh, Henrique Avancini retired, although it's not, I didn't watch all the video. It's all in in subtitles, and I kind of got, it's very long. It's almost 40 minutes of him talking about retiring. So I didn't watch, I only watched about first 10, and then I kind of got bored, I'll be honest. So I don't know if he's saying in there, I think what he's saying is he'll retire at the end of this season. Not right now. I can't really tell. I'd have to go really do some deep research, but he's come to a conclusion. It's time to retire, yada, yada, yada. But is he retiring now? Because then he does mention in his Instagram uh, post that he'll announce later what his, like, the final celebration or event will be. So uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there, but that would be kind of a bummer. He, I always thought uh, he was an entertaining guy to watch. He'd go flying out of the gate. And then kind of drift back, pretty much like me, except at 500 times better than me. So his team will live on that he started. And hopefully, I don't know, he did win the Marathon World Champs. Not too, you know, a couple, what, a month ago. So maybe he'll kind of pop into these events. I wonder if he could... uh, if he's talking like completely retiring or like Cape Epic type stuff, even maybe not at the pro level, I don't know. Be curious to see what he does afterwards. He was so visible as far as like the Brazilian model of racing. We'll see what happens. Uh, that was kind of a. Inter- I'm assuming we're going to see a few more retire announcements. Somebody who retired and didn't—I didn't realize it—and this is a name only. You diehard World Cup followers. Remember Barbara Banco? She had the world's ugliest helmet, in my opinion. She wore this POC helmet. It was neon orange. It just was hideous. I don't know why, but it did stand out like a sore thumb. You could see her orange head uh, anywhere. She's the one famous for, I believe it was a short track race a couple years ago. I think 2021 was her last season of racing maybe it was 21 20 or 21 she was in the lead and she had a whole nother lap to go and poor uh, lady was celebrating and flipping out because she thought she won the short track only to find out there's a whole nother lap and she ended up not winning in the end but she was always kind of she was getting going there she was on a podium i think she got second at a world cup in 2019 maybe um so she was kind of up there i I believe they kept making a big deal out of how she's a mom. I'm so tired of that. Who cares if she's a mom? She's a racer. She can be a mom if she wants. I know it's not that um, popular to have moms in the World Cup because, you know, generally it's younger younger women. But still, I thought she was kind of cool. She kind of seemed like she was really a fighter. But it uh, looks like she hasn't raced at all last year and this year. So I just... I just thought of her today. I thought of that horrible helmet. Hey, whatever happened to her? Tried to do some looking up online and didn't really find anything other than she's not racing. So that's it. Uh, The World Cup next year is, of course, coming to the United States, I think. Uh, Outside of Europe is all it's saying right now in the 2024 schedule. I believe the first two races are going to be, I'd have to assume, maybe Canada and the U.S. again. That seems to be the, the theme the last few years, U.S.-Canada and Canada-U.S. Um, although I did hear a rumor that it was not going to be Mont St. Anne like always, maybe somewhere on the West Coast. That'd be interesting. So it'd be kind of cool even to have a World Cup in Wisconsin since Trek is there and there's bazillions of great trail systems. Got Madison and Chicago, easy to fly into. But that'll probably never happen. Um, what else? That's it for now. Next week, we will be talking about who won this World Cup. There's four more to go. So, uh, two more, and then uh, Snowshoe is it either the last one or Monsignor is the last one. I can't, I don't have it in front of me. But that's going to be a, a, a cool thing to get back in that groove again. So, let's move on. Interesting Tidbits. Curated just for you. All right, this week, here's an interesting tidbit. I, of course, as you know, maybe you don't know, am based in the Chicagoland area and frequently go up to Wisconsin, which is the state right above me, because they have a very healthy 8 or 9 race series that's been going on for over 30 years. I like Trek now owns it, so it's very well done, very very well populated i mean with racers and when i get there there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people at some of these events and some of the best trails in uh, wisconsin so i've been going to that i don't know regularly now for i don't know four or five years off and on before that and the chicagoland racing this year expanded to a whopping three races from one we had one there are some races out in the west of in, in Peoria area, in the southern area. But for Chicagoland, it was pretty much one race a year. It was Payless. It's a very famous trail system. It's actually on the property where the uh, Manhattan Project part of that was taking place, I believe. There's a lot of history in this particular forest preserve. Um, huge trail system, many different trails. Been there a long, long, long time. Very well uh, very well-known amongst Chicago people. They have a race once a year, August-ish. It used to be called the Pumpkin Smash back in the 90s when I first found it. They literally smashed pumpkins at the start line. You have to ride through them. It was kind of fun. But it kind of uh, morphed into a regular kind of an event. Well, this year they added two new trail systems in Chicago, about an hour apart, and... They made it a three-race series. I skipped the first race for other reasons and and went to the Payless one a couple weeks ago, and then I went to, just a few days ago, the third and final Paul Douglas Woods uh, race. I had went up there a week ago on Saturday and rode. rode the, One thing they really, really did well. i got to give the Camber, the Chicago Area Mountain Bike riders club the ones who build the tr- these trails and put these races on they put up the course maps ahead of time so i could print this thing out go to these places and ride the more or less exact trails that the race was on in the right direction it was fantastic i, I was able to literally simulate i rode the, the the same route the race i did it twice on saturday it's a very long it was one lap 10 around 10 miles all single track, very, took over an hour. It was a very uh, technical course, not particularly hilly, just a lot of twists and turns. But uh, that was really awesome. But it happened to be about, felt like a million degrees out there. It was one of the hottest, I should, it's not even the heat, it was the humidity, as they say. It was so humid and hot and people were, I mean, I saw them laying on the side of the trails like with a uh, heat stroke. I mean, it was brutal out there. And I was no doubt, I knew it was coming. I mean, I was sitting in the parking lot. I knew it was going to be extremely warm. I just didn't realize how overheated you could get just even in the woods and when it's humidity and heat like that. Um, So I started, you know, I only had one, I only have one water bottle on my bike. Again, that's the thing I hate most. I would have loved to have two giant water bottles, but uh, I do not. But here's the interesting thing. Here, all this talking to get to my simple, interesting tidbit. I was happened to looking around at all the people in the parking lots and people at the other races. And specifically, since I'm in the old dudes group, I'm at the back. They did it, they staged the race, uh, the sport race by age. So it was up uh, 29 and under, 29 to 39, then 39 to 49, 49 to 50, 50, to 50, so I was, you know, five five back. I counted roughly as a ratio the number of people wearing Lycra and traditional cross-country uh, outfits with, you know, tight-fitting road jerseys and, and bibs, for example, versus big baggy shorts, giant camelbacks. Some people even had full-frame helmets, full-face helmets, I mean, uh, knee pads. The whole with these the bikes with the you know 2.6 giant knobby tires, um, 160 mil. I mean it was these looked like an enduro race, and these this was the cross country uh, sport race. Uh, it was probably I counted roughly two lycras to eight baggies and burly bikes. I I was one of the few people I had an actual cross country type mountain bike. It was kind of weird. I just realized, and then I really started noticing it. I was one of the few in any age group who looked like they were there to do a cross-country race. Whereas in Wisconsin, it's the exact opposite. Well, close to the opposite. I'd say six or seven people were cross-country looking with Lycra and 100, 120 mil bikes Versus the uh, enduro-looking type of a, of a rider. So I don't know exactly why that would be. I mean, the trails in Wisconsin are probably gnarlier than, than Payless in Chicagoland. I mean, from my experience, they're pretty rough up there with the roots and the, and the rocks. So I can't quite put my finger on what the difference would be. Why so many people in the Chicagoland area... While they go to a cross-country race, they don't have cross-country bikes. No wonder I can't find any. I can't walk in any bike shops within an hour and a half of me. I, again, I live in the burbs of Chicago. There should be somebody around here that has cross-country bikes, but not one of them seem to have. I mean, I can occasionally find Specialized Epic, like a lower-end model, but no cross-country bikes in any of these shops. Maybe that's why, because these people go in and say, I want a mountain bike. And they just walk out, I don't know. I'll never figure it out, but it was an interesting observation how times have changed. Because it wasn't that long ago where a cross-country race, everybody looked like they were going to do a cross-country race. You had your Lycra, you had your tight-fitting jersey with your pockets. you got to have the pockets, right? You know, your water bottles, very few Camelbacks, occasionally you'd see one. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it doesn't mean anything, it's not good or bad keep thinking i'd have an advantage over these dudes climbing with these 40 pound bikes but eh, they still seem to kick my butt so i guess it doesn't really matter in the end uh so i try again uh this coming weekend um the last wisconsin race up in lake geneva wisconsin i'm going to that that's going to be it for me for a whole month Then i have one more and then i think i'm done and I'm not in any shape. It's 105 million degrees outside right this week. I can't even ride outside really safely. I'm going to end up riding in the trainer, I think, once or twice to get ready, and that's it. So I don't expect I'm going to have a great ride this weekend, but I'll do it. My family will be up there with me. We're going to spend a couple days up there. And that should be fun just for that reason alone. So here we go. Let's go talk about what is hot and not quite so hot. Hot and not so hot. Alright, I'll tell you what's hot is that lady's voice right there. That's a cool voice. Uh, A friend of mine actually does those voices for me. But anyway, that's not true actually. Uh, Hot. Keegan Swenson is hot. He was hot last year. This year I don't has he lost anything? I think he got second in one of the lifetime Grand Prix uh, gravel things or something but that dude is winning everything. Leadville Trail 100 he took I don't know 15 minutes off. Not his best time. The best time ever. Like 15 or he won by like half an hour. I mean it's it's insanity to be honest with you. Um, I oh you know he if you look at his history, he dabbled in some World Cup stuff when he was, I think, even a junior under 23, way back in the day. But uh, I don't know. That guy could go and be a contender, I would think, at maybe Marathon Worlds or Gravel Worlds. Now, he's doing the Lifetime Series, and he's winning. He's literally won everything, I think. Like I said, maybe, I think he got second at something, but it could be wrong. So, there's absolutely no motivation whatsoever to step outside of the U.S. He's going to win that thing. I think they get 25 grand cash and all all the glory. So, no reason to expect him to not just do that series. But he's so fat. I, I'd be very curious to see what a season on the World Cup, if he could. You know, he's got the long distance thing down, but I wonder if he could actually kind of get in the Blevins realm where he's a a top sprinter or maybe start in the middle and work his way up to the front. I don't know. Maybe I'm dreaming but that guy is ridiculously fast uh, whether he's riding his mountain bike or his gravel bike or his road bike so maybe we'll see him in some cross-country races one of these days. Um, Probably not but I mean he does a few you know the the early season lifetime. I think the first race was technically a cross-country race out at Sea Otter. And he does some of these lifetime races on his mountain bike like Leadville and things, but he's not focusing on anything specific cross-country. Maybe he will. So kudos to him because that is just craziness. Uh, I'm going to go with a not so hot. Is racing in extreme heat. That was so little fun for me last week, and two weeks previous, it was pouring rain, kind of chilly, and a mud bath. I had 10 times, I was talking to a few people in the parking lot at, at that race. We all agreed it was 10 times more fun riding in the cooler mud, trashed our bikes and our clothes, slipping, sliding all over the place, than it was out in that heat, overheating. Every time you hit a climb, you're You could feel your energy getting sapped, having to drink constantly on a course where there was almost nothing straight, no area to grab a bottle. I really should have had a a Camelback on. So that's my knot. Hot Keegan Swenson knot racing in extreme heat. That was horrible. Let's talk about some gear. Changing gears. More new stuff we don't really need. Ain't that the truth, Amelia? We do not need 95% of the crap that we buy as mountain bikers, do we? Let's be honest. We don't really need hardly anything at all other than a simple bike and a helmet some shoes. Okay, anyway, um, the new tires from Trek, Bontrager Tires, of course, uh, starting to show up uh, Valnord and St. Anne, and they're the look like cross-country tires and I'm assuming they're going to replace I can't imagine they're going to sit alongside the current XR1234 series something's got to give I would think Uh, kind of gonna miss the XR series I really like them I like how simple it is to buy them I like how simple it is to understand the XR1 is faster rolling less tread than an XR3 and an XR4 so the higher number the gnarlier the tread very simple I don't need they don't have 10 different casing options 10 different this options red stripes blue stripes 52 different widths they just kinda stick right in the middle and I like that so hopefully it's not gonna start getting real confusing it's already confusing with truck racing on Pirelli tires uh, no longer using their own tires now they have new tires coming out and I've seen a few shots. I think of Evie Richards using The Valnord or the st. Ann tires and on the, the front or something. It's very confusing right now with the Trek team and the tire situation But hopefully they'll be just as well uh, Liked and sold as easily as they are the current ones So let's talk AXIS, RAM AXIS Shifter Pods, a company in Europe called Leap, uh, is making 3D printed replacement little plastic pieces um, for not only the the reverb seat post, the AXIS seat post uh, left side shifter, but the right side as well. And I'm very happy with the one I have. It's the original style, as I've said in the past. I like to be able to reach behind with my index finger and, and upshift or downshift. I still, to this day, after 30 years, can't remember which one it is. Going to a smaller gear, downshift. should be down to me, going down the cog. It's probably an up then, because it's always the opposite of what I think. Uh, and they've got several options. Even the little wireless blips, they're somehow making a piece that kind of fits over those. Because if you ever look at the wireless blips that will work with the uh, current uh, Eagle Axis, they're almost literally a little like the, the clicker on, the, on a ballpoint pen. They're a little tiny round bump. Um, seems like they could be a little bigger, a little more flexible in size. So this company is making these parts and you snap them on there somehow. And it's totally different shape. Sounds like they're going to do a bunch of different maybe things in that regard. So, do I really want to go hacking up my nice uh, controller pods with some weird 3D printed thing from some guy in another country? Probably not. But I'm going to look at the wireless blips. There's a couple places on my bars where I when I grab that area right by the stem, the flat area. When I'm just kind of riding along on the smooth areas, I'd love to be able to shift. With my fingertips, so I'm thinking of throwing a few on there. They're not terribly expensive, and they're very easy. Just tape them on there somehow to the bars. So I don't know. I'm gonna I might give them a try and see what happens. Uh, One other interesting thing I I knew I don't know if any of you have looked into. I'm certainly you've heard of bird spokes, right? The uh, spokes made out of string, as people like to say. I actually have the fat bike wheel set built with bird spokes last year they've been perfectly fine i only did it for the weight i didn't do it to get any type of magical vibration damping that they claim but i knew Henrique evansini has had these white spokes on his bike for the last couple seasons and being from Brazil, i'm assuming they were somebody else's uh fabric spokes because i know there is another brand and you're a poly-something that seems to be doing exactly more or less what Bird is doing with their their spokes. But no, Bird sent a press release out today saying, hey, our first world championship. Yeah, Henrik Anvancini using the wheels with the spokes, so that's pretty cool. Um, so I don't know if you'll see. They're so expensive, I can't imagine them ever really becoming mainstream. Certainly not oem uh, but they are light, I'll give you that much. They look kind of cool and they're light, but we will go into that some other day. Um, what else? Something that is disturbing is uh, WTB is experimenting with 750B wheels for gravel bikes. That's right, 700C is not enough. they got to make them bigger. Of course, the fork, I think it was Moots, who's working with WTB, in Steamboat Springs, there, um, of course, the forks probably got it well, not probably. It has to be different. The geometry, the frame, the whole bike has to be obviously accommodated for these larger diameter wheels, which are heavier. I mean, it's the same argument when 29ers came out. I I can't imagine. I hope that doesn't take off because then we're going to end up with three different wheel sizes for road bikes: 650, which aren't very popular, but they are around. It is a way to get uh, fatter tires on typical road frames often. It's kind of dying out, I think. But it's still a current thing. Uh, you're 700 and now you're 750. So, I don't know. The only time these larger wheel things seem to make sense to me is when the rider is physically larger and their bikes should then be physically larger to match them, at least to some degree. can It doesn't scale up in perfect scale with with how much larger they are than the average person, but... It kind of makes sense. A larger person might have a larger wheels, a little more tire to them. I don't know. But man, they just don't stop, do they? You know, road bikes are pretty pretty old school. They haven't changed the wheel diameter in bazillions of years. I, I kind of hope that one just dies out and that'll be the end of that. But you never know the way these things go in the industry. If... They're saying if uh, interest, you know, from the manufacturers is there, we'll we'll make them. Which means, hey, we could sell an entirely new set of bikes to everybody over the next 10 years just by doing this one thing and telling everybody it's better. Which I'm telling you, that's the only reason 29 our 29er wheels better than 26s. I, I don't know. I got on just fine with 26, uh, you know. 650B, 29, whatever. Everybody has 29s. Everything's been adjusted. But everybody had to buy new bikes. And nobody as a manufacturer is going to complain about that, I'm guessing. Seems like almost like it's planned that way. What else can we change to make everything that's out there obsolete? Uh, This would be a great one to have everybody go, Oh, I got to have these new 750 wheels. They're faster. They roll better. They roll over gravel better. They're this, they're that. Okay, whatever. Let's just keep going. Pretty soon we'll be up to 900 C wheels because they're even better yet. There's no end in sight. It's annoying. And it's that been that way forever. I guess I'm just getting old and grumpy. Uh, what else? Well, that's it for now. I think next week is going to be uh, pretty exciting with the uh, World Cup returning. Everybody kind of getting back in action. Everybody thinking, oh, that first part of the season didn't go so good, but eh, it's going to be great, the second part. And then, of course, it ends up being the same as the first, seems like. But uh, can Eno win the whole thing overall? I bet he can. I don't really see anybody stopping him, and this Pidcock's going to win out the next four races, I'm assuming. He's, he's way down the list, though. It's Jordan Saru, Alan Hatherley, These are the guys who are very close to nino and could probably beat nino in one or two of these races so we'll see looking forward to getting back in that uh, world cup mood uh on, in a couple days all right talk to you soon thank you ever so much for listening to short travel magazine